Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. Here's your host, Chris Lee. Commodore fans, on your feet, it's time to anchor down. Welcome to the Vandy Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Lee. Seabass, our guest today, as we talk Vanderbilt football, baseball, and basketball. Our news is presented by our good friends at Sutherland and Belk, an SEC sports-loving injury firm in Nashville. These guys will shoot you straight on your rights and options when you have been injured in an accident. Please call them at 615-846-6200 to get your questions answered. You can also visit them online at sbinjurylaw.com. Vanderbilt gets back to winning in baseball. Commodores beat Belmont 4-1 at Hawkins Field on Tuesday night. Jason Gonzalez, a solo home run. Christian Little pitches four scoreless innings, strikes out seven to get a victory there. In basketball, the news perhaps not so good. Four Commodores have hit the transfer portal. Seniors Max Evans and Cleavon Brown. DJ Harvey, the transfer from Notre Dame, who played well at the end of the season, and Educao Benna, all in the portal and Harvey has already landed at the University of Detroit. The title sponsor of our podcast this year is Jody Jones DDS, trusted for his creative design and committed to both the function and aesthetics of your smile. Jody Jones provides a range of sought-after dental and cosmetic dentistry services at his practice in Nashville. He's earned the title of number one in Nashville for his cosmetic dentistry and provides a unique, luxury environment for patients who want his famous Hollywood smile or other services. Patients enjoy getting services from Dr. Jones and his attentive team in a spy-like atmosphere. Dr. Jones has worked with many artists, movie stars, and celebrities over the years and is dedicated to providing first-rate results to all of his patients. He never compromises quality so patients can be confident they will always receive the highest level of care. Thank you to Jody Jones DDS for making this season of the podcast possible. Today's guest line presented by our friends at Bowl and Branch. You spend a third of your life in bed and how you sleep helps you be at your best during the two-thirds of the time you're awake. You've heard me talk for years about Bowl and Branch and how much my wife and I love our sheets, but if you wondered why, well, I'll tell you, I look forward to getting into my bed every night and getting between those Bowl and Branch sheets, and it's amazing. I never thought I would care that much about bed sheets, but I do. The difference is huge. These sheets are made with 100% organic cotton, which is rain-fed and picked by hand. It's the best cotton on earth, period. That's why the sheets feel amazing. They get softer with every washing, and they'll last you a lifetime. Bowl and Branch was started by Vanderbilt grads Scott and Missy Tannen. They have served millions of thrilled customers, including three U.S. presidents. Try Bowl and Branch sheets yourself. You can actually sleep on them for a month, and if you're not thrilled, you can return them. But trust me, you're not going to want to do that. Visit BowlandBranch.com. That's B-O-L-L and Branch.com. Use the promo code VANDY and get $50 off your first set of sheets. They'll make a difference in your life every single day. Seabass joins us from WNWS in Jackson, Tennessee, where thankfully he is safe and sound today. How are you, my friend? Uh, so far, we still, we, we still got plenty to go around these parts, man, There's, especially tonight. I'll be in weather coverage uh, instead of sports talk, I think. Uh, but so far, so good. 
you know, there's enough moving parts in the sports world right now without having to deal with all that other stuff. Yeah, I mean, sorry about that. Crazy coming in the middle of y'all. Yeah, I mean, believe me, I want to talk about nothing but sports tonight, but the reality is if those storms come through about the time I'm on the air, then I'm going to become a meteorologist. Sure. Well, it's it's an interesting career this time of year. Speaking of which, my family, I'm alone for 10 days, and I'm about two-thirds through it. But my family is out. This is my week, okay? My family is out in Colorado. They're in the middle of that ginormous snowstorm they got out there. I advised them to get out there a couple days early because I thought if you want to get there, you don't want to be in the middle of that storm, and you don't want to be competing with all the spring breakers who are going skiing who got their flights canceled in the middle of that. So they did that. We're having our floors refinished at the house. I just got off a cold. Uh, so I think breathing all the sawdust is going to be great for me. Um, and we are dealing with a bunch of stuff in the sports world. I want to start with a question. You are most excited right now about A, the NCAA tournament, and this is just college only, so we're not going to go to the pro world. B, the fact that SEC baseball is starting, or C, the start of spring practice. <laughs> uh, well, you know that got it. That should be an, a very simple question, but but it, but it's really not. Um, the NCAA tournament, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I'm just accustomed to not being in it now, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and just watching for the sheer fun of watching it. Uh, I'm excited about the tournament because, well, one of the main reasons we didn't have it last year. So it's great to get that back and return to some sense of normalcy. So, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sort of excited about it. The baseball season yeah, about the same uh, spring football, as long as there's coverage, as long as there's coverage. Yeah. Uh, I'm mean, super excited about that. Uh, just to see how uh, this brand new staff handles things. You know, I, I just saw brief little snippets like everybody else did today. Uh, no, no numbers on there and all that. I thought that was pretty interesting. Uh, and just to see, because it's a brand new era there. I don't get surprised by Vanderbilt dominating in baseball. I, I completely expect that. I'm not surprised by the NCAA tournament. But if there is, in fact, a real change, you know, on the West End and the attitude towards that football program, you know, maybe we'll start to see signs of it right away. You know, and of course, I want to see what, you know, the development of Robert, uh, excuse me, Robert, good grief. <laughs> He'll get a kick out of that, of Ken Seals, uh, you know, from his freshman year to the next and and, and, and what they look like. So uh, normally it'd be an easy football, but I mean, there's only so much you can do with spring as far as coverage. So I guess if you make me pick one of these things, I'll probably say the NCAA tournament, but I'll be more, I'll be more interested in watching that, but I'll be more interested in the reports coming out of spring football. Yeah. It won't I, be baseball. I, um, what for me, football is a distant third. I, I do like getting out there and seeing some, but I just, I like to be focused on the season in front of me and like spring practice is just a, like, 
That's so the season is so far away. And then you go out there and they're just running around in t-shirts and helmets for a while. And I mean, people want to know anything and everything, right? And they're at you like you go to the first practice, which we couldn't this year. They they weren't allowing us in. And people are like, well, who looked good today? And you know, you're expected to deliver some sort of news. And I'm like, guys, they're in they're in shorts and helmets and they're just running around. So I don't know what to say well, here. The way you need to handle that, you need to handle it as if you're covering Notre Dame or Alabama. Well, I do. I if you if you've read my practice not. reports, they're usually you know? like a thousand to twelve hundred words. So like I'm soaking up everything, but I don't know. I would just with so much going on right now, I just I'd prefer spring football start, you know. Mid-April or something like that, but anyway. Right, and I, I, I get it. I just the, the thing that needs to be understood is that for even the most beat-down Vanderbilt fan, they it matters as much to them as Alabama spring football coverage matters to an Alabama fan. You yeah, th- this it has just, this has just, nothing uh, to do with who I cover. It's just uh, like I, I'm not. I think baseball is the only. Well, no, I take that back because football is that way too. College football, baseball is the only sport where I really. I'm super interested in what's going on in the offseason. Now, I, I make an exception for, like, NFL free agency. But, like, even baseball free agency, I've got enough going on right now in my life to where I used to follow that really heavily, and I just don't that much anymore. I didn't until A.J. Preller came along. Well, yeah, that's that's different. But I, I know here's here's the thing. Man, that baseball team I'm covering has got a chance to be really special. They always are. Yeah, but I mean, I, mean, I, I hate I hate to say this. I, I hate to say this, okay? Because this is this is not at all fair. What I'm about to say, but the 2019 team that I covered, I'm walking away from that season saying, you know, I know I'm going to see some more SEC titles and some Omaha appearances. And maybe another national title or two or a runner-up appearance, but I don't think I'll ever cover a team better than that. I'm telling you what, I think this team could be there by the end of the year. I think they're that good. Man, I, I mean, yeah, that's a uh, we can lock lockdown Sunday, you know. And I, I were you the one? Did you do an article about if if is Little going to be that guy? No, uh, it was a it was a it was a question. And people asked me, I said, no, that's that's crazy right now. Well, well look, I went out and watched the kid pitch last night. We still can't get in the press box. <laughs> so I was sitting about three rows deep behind the um, right-handed batter's box or left-handed batter's box. Um, I was actually sitting with George Plaster and uh, Scott Corley, who's Belmont's AD. So that was kind of fun. And we're watching the game, and I've got a great view of Christian Little, right, because he's a lefty. Or excuse me, he's a righty. I had a, had a great view of him, but um, just being that close is what I meant to say. Um, but <sighs> he looked great, man. I, I I don't think he's there yet, and it's different pitching against Belmont than other teams. But it really doesn't matter. They got so many guys. Here's the thing: if you're going to beat them in a weekend series, you've got to beat either Rocker or Lighter, and then win Sunday. And I think once they get deep into the season. You're going to see Rocker and Leiter consistently going seven innings into games. Heck, Rocker went eight this weekend. And so an already really good bullpen uh, that would still have a lot of great arms left, even if they do get taxed Saturday on Sunday, at that point is just left with 
you know, the pick of the litter. And, and man, the, the lineup is better than I thought it was going to be. I don't think it's a fluke. I could be wrong. But just even if the lineup was just okay, I said this all along, their pitching has a chance to be so special that you're going to have Fitz trying to beat them. And I think their pitching is as special as I thought it was going to be, and I think their hitting right now to me looks really good. Yeah, I mean, and I, you know, I agree with you. Uh, let, let, let's, let's, let's throw a number out there. Let's, let's throw a number out there for, for run support. Especially in regional and super regional play, because I mean, look, this this team is is going to be in the regionals, right? I mean, if we ha- you know, that's just going to happen. I mean, they're clearly one of the very best teams in all of America, possibly the best. So they're going to be there. So let's look at regional and super regional play. What would you say from an from a run support standpoint if those two got four runs, which is not, it's not, it's, it's fine. It's not, it's nothing. But let's just say if they were getting four runs a game in regional and super regional play with those two, with those two guys uh, starting things off, that's probably going to be enough. I mean, not every time, not guaranteed, but you got to believe with the way they're dealing and, and, and their, and their, and their type of ability you give them three, four runs, you're probably good to go, even in regional and super regional play. Yeah, I mean, I think if you get to five, they're going to be oh, extremely tough to beat. Yeah, it's calf rope at five for sure. Well, yeah. and it, it also depends on what day we're talking about, right? Um, right. You know, if it's not that they're bad on Sundays or that they're going to be bad, I think. And, and by the way, if that doesn't get straightened out, um, then – you know they'll make a change, whether it's Ethan Smith or Laboki or somebody. Right, I think it's way too early to write off Schultz, and I'm not suggesting anybody is. But I mean, they they've got so many options, man. And who knows? Maybe Body Meter Christian Little's one of them. For all I know. What do you think that's like? I mean, if you you know, look. I mean, if you're a Vanderbilt pitcher, you were great in high school, right? I mean, you weren't good. You were great. Um. But what do you think that's like being behind those two? Because I mean, what we're talking about is two guys who effectively might be the number one and two picks in the draft. They're that good. Their their upside is out of bounds. It's unbelievable how good these guys are. But what about the rest of the pitchers on that staff? How do you handle that? I mean, look, you're not going to be better than Leiter and Rocker. You just those guys are superstars. They're they're mega studs. No no question about that. But if you're just a guy, or you're really well thought of, and you're trying to cement yourself, how do how do you how do you keep from trying to be them and just do what you've done your entire life? Uh, good question. I don't know. I mean, I think players are smart enough to watch those guys and just go. You know, there's a God-given ability that those two have that I just don't. So I've got to work with what I have here. I don't know if that's a good answer to your question or not, but that's how I think through it first off. I just think about I just think about the approach. I mean, think about when you go out there and you know it's kind of different. Like if you're in a three-wide receiver set with Jordan Matthews and you're some of the other receivers, uh, you know, at Vanderbilt. You know he's the guy. You, you you certainly understand that. But you're in the mix at the same time. 
But when you're pitching and you're that third guy, or you're tempting to be the solidified third guy, I mean, you just saw two outrageous performances. And now it's you out on the mound. And they're not, Tim Corbett's not asking him, these pitchers, to, to throw shutouts so that they can win the, the baseball game. But I'm just sitting there thinking to myself, man, what type of pressure that would have to be uh, to have to follow those two guys, for you to get the pill, go out there on the mound, and try to, you can't replicate, but, but to try to even remotely come close to what those guys do, that would be a lot. I, I feel like yeah, I could easily see uh, young pitchers pressing, you know, uh, overdoing it, try, trying to, to to equal what those two do, you know, and it's a great problem to have because the other side of it is you didn't got any pitching. So they got plenty of it. But I just I wonder how Tim Corbin and his staff handles that because I guarantee it's a thing. Well, it doesn't show up on the field. I don't see a lot of guys out there pressing. And maybe it's helping that a lot of guys are throwing right now. So maybe, you know, if you have one bad outing, it's not the end of the world. But yeah. they're doing a, a good job of managing. And, of course, it helps when your offense is getting. There's the other side of it. That's what I was going to say. And it also helps when you don't have to worry about it. Because, I mean, even you said before the start of the season that you were, you know, maybe a little bit concerned about the ability to manufacture runs. And so far, that has clearly not been the case. Yeah, I mean, they're averaging between, I don't have the exact number, but they're averaging between nine and ten runs a game. Or, excuse me, I think eight and nine runs a game. But I wanted to attack your question differently. You said, how many runs does it take? So I was going through and making a log of this. And granted, schedule's going to get tougher, right? But a regional weekend, you know, you're going to have a lot of teams that are threes and fours. Like, I'll give you an example. Um... You know, Georgia State or UIC could be competitive fours. Oklahoma State could be a really tough two. So you've, you've kind of got an idea of what it looks like. Um, they have given up zero runs three times, one run three times, two runs three times, four runs four times, six runs once, and ten runs once. So... If you just score three, if you score three runs every game, right now you're nine and six. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Man, you know it's. And, uh, and if you score five every game, you're fourteen and one. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's it's legit, man. These bats are. Who, who's the Who's the one that surprised you the most that you just did not expect to be getting the production from? I think Carter Young, I knew he could hit a little bit, but I didn't see the the pop in his bat. And the way Gonzalez has picked up, um, I think has been a surprise too. Did, did I read correctly? Somebody said, and I may have it wrong, but did somebody say that yesterday was the first game that Young did not get a hit? You know, that sounds right. I want to say I read that on the board. I mean, I might, I may be smoking crack, but I, I don't think so. I, I, I think I read that that was the first game he didn't get a hit. Um, I, I think you're, I think you're right about that. I think he had a hitting streak going back to last season, maybe. So, how good is Belmont, by the way? I, I have no idea. Are, um, are they? They think they're going to be okay. Uh, the record's not okay. too good so far, but right. let's see what they've done. 
Philmont is four and eight after yesterday. Oh. Took two or three in Northern Kentucky. Took one or three against. I'm sorry, one or two against Creighton. The Blue um, Jays. Swept by Ole Miss, but lost two run game, two one run games. Um, one or two from Tennessee. I'm sorry, lost two or three to Tennessee Martin, uh, which is surprising. But yeah, I mean, I'd say going to Oxford and losing a pair of one run games is is a good sign. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. All right, so how many? Uh, two questions for you. Um, one, how many more games do they have in non-conference, and what is the? Just because I really, really, really want to make a game or two this year uh, in conference play. What's the attendance policy? Uh the attendance policy seems to be a work in progress. Um, so I don't know what that's going to look like yet. Um, they allowed some fans in last night. They're still not letting us in the press box. I guess they've got their own media people up there, but we're right. not allowed in yet. Okay, they have got midweek games. They've got Lipscomb next Tuesday, and these are all Tuesday, I think. Tennessee Tech the next week, then Tennessee Martin, Eastern Kentucky, Austin P, Louisville, North Alabama, FIU, and that's it. Is Louisville worth uh, uh, are they their usual self this year? They're pretty good, but that game's in Louisville, I believe, and it is. Okay. okay. All right, so we think uh, heading to the conference with one, maybe two more losses, four losses going into conference play. Sound about right? Well, conference play starts this weekend. Those are midweek games. Oh, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I was just I I I wanted to Oh, I see I see what you mean. I see what you mean. Um Yeah, I I could see them dropping a couple just cuz that's the nature of baseball. More than that would be right. a surprise. Right. So, I mean, <laughs> set the set the over under it uh, one and a half to 2 on that yeah, maybe. That's about where I, that's, that's about where I figured. All right, well, I really, really am hoping to get to a, to, a, to a game this year. I wanted to go to the one in Memphis, but I wasn't able to. Uh, but I'd like to get to a game or two, especially if, if Rock or Light are special. Yeah, they're going to be worth your time. Yes, sir. You want to talk- Matter of fact, the last, game, the last game that I got to see, the last Vanderbilt game I got to see in person was uh, Walker Bueller was on the mound. Was that a Memphis game? It was a Memphis game. They won one to nothing. Great. That was a great baseball game. It was. Yeah. Doors won one to nothing. Sure did. Yeah. Do I want to talk what? Uh, I was going to see if you wanted to talk hoops for a minute because I know we're on a shorter leash of time than we usually are. And there's been four guys transferred out of the basketball program since the season ended on, what was it, Friday? Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, now, the, the first thing I'll say is, is, is this. Uh, from And this is strictly only from a play standpoint. Uh, I'll, I'll miss Max Evans and that's it. You know, just, just from the play. Because I don't like to sound like that. But, I mean, now we got to have bodies, and I certainly understand that. But, I mean... What am I, I mean, DJ Harvey, there's just no other way to put it. He, he was a complete disappointment uh, as far as what we were hoping for production-wise. Obena, you know, I love Obena. Obena tries hard, but Obena, 
has just got to get stronger, man. I mean, so many times I see big men just take the ball away from him, uh, you know, and then they'll turn around and have a nice dunk and then have, you know, a couple, uh, you know, good defensive plays and then just never see nothing from him again for weeks. Uh, you know, we needed a big man. He just never really turned into that. Uh, you know, Cleavon, Cleavon, I'll, I, Cleavon I'll miss. I, I should say, I'll miss Cleavon. Uh, but Cleavon just can't stay healthy. He just could never stay healthy. I, I would love to have seen the potential, what it had been from the time he got there to the day he left, had he been able to stay healthy the whole time, what type of player he might have developed into. Because he's flashed. At times, he's shown us some things. Um, this is a team that couldn't really afford to lose debt, but is losing it anyway. I mean, and, and hey, I mean, let's operate under the assumption that Dylan and Scotty are coming back. And I don't know that. You don't know that. I mean, honestly, I think both of them go to the NBA right now. I, are we going to have enough kids to play next year? This is the thing I've said a while. You've got to prepare yourself in recruiting and other things. And people can say, oh, well, it's hard to get guys into grad school. And I, I don't know the whole story on everything, right? Maybe it was that they they wanted to get in. They couldn't. I, I don't know. But – that's the thing is, as a coach, you got to be prepared for that. And we've been saying that, that it's hard to get a guy in grad school there um, since before Jerry Stackhouse got here. So yeah. if we know it, he's got to know it. And I don't, I'm not, you know, they were talking a good game a week ago about wanting those guys back and feeling good about them coming back. So my question is what, what's underneath the, sur the, the surface there? Uh, was that, was that a happy talk or what happened? Um, well, hmm. the, the other thing is this, okay. And people could say, well, you, you can't get guys into grad school, whatever tough break. Okay. Well, if you know that, then that has implications, right? Because then you can't right. rely sure, on getting does. transfers in to replace those guys. So I think your chances of getting quality players in from the transfer portal on the grad side are going to be a lot harder than, than trying to get your own kids into grad school who have already been to Vanderbilt undergrad, right? Yeah. So when that what's that put the emphasis on you? Uh, so then what do you need to be doing? You need to be recruiting bigs out of the high school ranks that are quality players who can come in and you can develop, and they haven't. And, and, and we don't uh, have any in the waiting in the wings either. That's no, the thing. you don't. We don't have any waiting. And this is the thing I've been telling people for years, and nobody wanted to believe it, when you don't work at it hard enough and you don't tie up all your loose ends and do those things, you put yourself at risk for a mess. And maybe this resolves. Maybe they've got some kind of plan where they got a couple of grad transfer bigs lined up or a couple of transfers and the rule passes and bang, they fix it. But frankly, I think if the immediate eligibility for transfers thing passes, I wonder if they don't have a lot more to lose than they do to gain. But what are, you, what are you losing, Chris? Well, I mean, that, that, the, the thing that I've said bodies, all along is if you bodies, yeah, I mean, but no, no, no. Losing? I mean, if you if you were to lose Pippen or Dassault, because if those guys hit the market and wanted to play somewhere else next year, there'd be three hundred and something schools that would take either of them, right? Oh, there's no doubt. I just don't know. Uh, you look, and I've told you this before, so we had that discussion. I, I mean, and, and they very. I'm not going to tell you they because I don't know. Uh, I, I don't know the relationship with Jerry Stackhouse and his players, you know, I don't, I don't know. I mean, we've heard things, but you know, I don't know how they feel about him. 
The one thing I'll say is this. Uh, did you watch when they walk, and, and I'll get back to what we're talking about, but did you see the scene when, uh, okay, were you watching the SEC tournament when they lost their game against Florida? Um, I was watching it, but as soon as the game is over, I had to do something else. So, like, when when the buzzer hit, my attention was was off. Well, and this is and, – and maybe I'm the only one that, that – that, that, I'm not the only one that saw them walking in the tunnel, uh, but maybe I'm the only one that had this feeling and, 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 and thought this way. Uh, when they did walk out of that tunnel, they had no expressions on their faces at all. They weren't happy. They weren't mad. They weren't sad. They just had no expression. Yeah. Their season just ended. Their season just ended. They had no expression at all. Now, maybe y'all saw something different, but I know what I saw. And I saw some guys who were just like, it was just another game or whatever, whatever, you know. And I don't know. I mean, it just doesn't seem like it's an, an atmosphere, you know, and, and that there's this huge relationship. And maybe I'm completely wrong. And I'd be, I hope I am. Uh, you know, like, you know, because I think the initial thought when we brought Jerry Stackass in here was like, man, I'm going to be coached by Jerry Stackhouse, NBA legend. And it, I, I, I don't know that I see, and then look, I mean, after being in there for a while, they're not supposed to be starstruck or anything like that. But I mean, these cats are rolling out of here like something's on fire. You know, well, this is an NBA legend that is coaching that team. The thing and, that everybody, the thing that everybody said, right, was these kids are playing hard for Jerry and they're engaged and whatever, right? And I've granted yeah. that. I like. I thought I liked the way they ended the season. I agree. But here's my question, and and maybe this is unfair, right? But let's let's look at the evidence of what's happened. I wonder were they playing for that, or were they playing to make an impression in the transfer portal? Because DJ Harvey had what his best two back to back games in the SEC tournament. Yeah. Um. Evans played pretty well. Yeah. Again, maybe maybe that's not fair. But what were these kids playing for? And and then, you know, and and then what was that that you saw in the tunnel? I, I don't know, but you got yeah. four players I, I, gone. I, like I said, I, they didn't do anything. There was just no expression. They were just walking back, and they were and there and there was no expression. And now that's easily possible. And I'm reading way too much into that. But we're not a week out from that game, and over a quarter of the roster done bone out. Well, I was bothered last yeah, year huh? that, that Saban Lee left. Um, because that's the kind of kid that's, that's know, a perfect Vandy kid. For the NBA. But at least he left for the NBA. Now, what I was going to say. Well, but, but hold on. I, I was it. hearing for, for a long time that there was, there was some unrest there. I, I don't know if he was leaving for the NBA as much as he was leaving. Probably so, but I can live with the fact that he left for the NBA. What would have sucked to me is if he left and went to South Florida. You know, or whatever, wherever, you know, in in this particular case. But see, the way I'm looking at it is, Scottie Pippen and Dylan DeSue are definitely both NBA players. Would you agree with that? I wouldn't say definitely, but I think they would get a get a look, right? Uh, they both completely fit today's NBA game. They just do. So they're slam both dunk make a roster. They're they're both going to the to the show. Okay. Yes. I mean, yeah, I, I haven't. I haven't it. seen anyone well, I mean, in anyone in my draft of you. But Chris, based on uh, based on the way that the NBA has played it, well, you didn't see. Uh, how, how was Nick was uh, Saban Lee 
in most of these mock drafts? No, but my point is, I, I, I think drafted, I would. I would. Yeah, but, but my point is, if you're not in a mock draft this time of the year, of course there'd be some guys that aren't in one that are that are going to make it. I, I know that. I'm just saying I'm going to be a little more conservative about hedging my bets and saying, oh, they're both definitely yeah. NBA players. Yeah, but you're looking at a guy like Dylan DeSue frame-wise is exactly what the NBA looks for right now. Uh, and, not, and not to mention he has an outside shot with that height and that length. Uh, and then you have a guy like Scottie Pippen who can create his own shot, draws fouls all over the place, hits free throws, and can score at will. What was the second leading score in the conference this year? Now, if this were 20 years ago, maybe not, but it's not. It's 2021, and the way basketball played in the NBA now, when every team gives up at least 104 points a game, there's a place for them, no question about it. But uh, I, I guess my question is with those two, I mean, the position that they're in right now, those are both very good players, and they're going to start and, and be productive wherever they go. But they can showcase themselves individually here, I would think, better than anywhere else. You know, and that's and again, that's what the NBA is. It's not team concept basketball. It's individual scoring. That's what they do. Yeah, um, I, I guess my question is: You are you gonna look? If you're a point guard, you're gonna have the ball in your hands anyway, right? If it's at Kentucky or Kansas or Texas Tech or wherever or Vandy, yeah. I guess my question is: You willing to give up a little bit of that for a chance to make a run in the Final Four or something like that? And I guess it all depends on what your motivation is. Well, I mean, personally, I like to win, but anyway. Well, I know you do, uh, but uh, but and 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 so do I. But there's also the other school that says that I can I can stay right here in a system I'm used to, and I can average 25, 23 points a game, and I can and I can be the show every night, and I can show these teams that even though I don't have anything around me, I still can get they still can't stop me from scoring. Well, you could have said the same thing about Saban Lee a year ago, though, too. Well, and like I said, he got drafted. Right. But you know, but, mean, when he, had, but when he but when he but had he gone on let's do this let's say that 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 Saban Lee had gone on and let's say he transfers to Oregon and he's or or, or, or a better team uh, and now all of a sudden he's still very good there's no doubt about it but there's other options and there's less showcasing of Saban Lee than there would have been when we watched him over look he got drafted because we saw his ability to absolutely explode on people offensively and just go off some nights right now if he's over at Utah averaging 12 points a game and six assists and, and, and playing very well and you know he's good that's all well and good but that's not really showcasing now is it that's more team concept. So if if the goal is to make a run at a title, then yeah. But if the goal is to showcase yourself for the upcoming draft or the NBA, then no, you stay right where you're at. Hello? Oh, sorry. I, I mean, it's really senseless to speculate from here, I guess. But the, the, thing, that, the thing that I said, we did this a week ago. I said, okay... If those two kids come back, he started to develop enough of a supporting cast where maybe with some breaks they get to the tournament. Uh, and, and that cast is starting to road pretty quickly. 
How many? Yeah, I was sitting there trying to think of it in my head, Chris. Uh, how many players at this point, at this very, at this very moment, do they have on the roster? Scholarship players, I should say. Excuse me. Do they have on the roster? And then uh, counting the the uh, the uh, incoming class as well. Okay, they've got right. By the way, as an aside, I didn't realize that Evans finished second on the team in minutes. He was the only kid on that team to play all 25 games last year. So they've got, and I'm, I'm going to categorize these by kind of point guards, wings, and, and bigs, if that makes sense. So they got Pippen if he's back. He's a point. They got right. I'm going to call him a wing. They got Thomas, who's a point. They got McBride, who's a point. They've got Studi, who's a wing. They've got Melora Brown, is a big. They got Tyron Lawrence, who's a point. Um, they've got Otisupe, who's a big, but but not really. So. Let me make sure I haven't missed someone here. Oh, Desu, of course. So they've got, and then they got the two kids coming in. I'm going to call Dorsey a wing, and uh, Daniels, of course, is a point. So they got five point guards, although they're going to have two on the floor at all times, I guess. So then you, you've got Wright starts somewhere, Desu starts somewhere. Um... Melora Brown is really your only big. And I know some people got excited about him late in the year. I, I, I'm not as on board as, as everybody else is for a guy that averaged 3.1 points and 3.2 boards in his uh, third year in college um, and had ample opportunity given what was there. So, I mean, okay, Pippen – Let's just say that they start Thomas next to him. Okay. Um, Wright gets a start somewhere. The Sioux gets a start somewhere. Malore Brown gets a start somewhere. So you got Studi coming off the bench with uh, McBride, Lawrence, um, and Dorsey. And who knows what Dorsey and um, Daniels will be the first year, right? You just don't know. Yeah. Uh, and then God have mercy on your soul underneath after that. Because Otisipe, I just don't think people thought was this was a major college player. And I think there were some doubts about Studi, too, and you saw some of that at the season's end. Yeah, but, you know, he, he I mean, initially was the first impression that I liked. You know, I mean, I mean, he came out of the gate just hustling, going crazy, and just kind of tapered off, and that's okay. I'm not, I'm not going to judge him harshly. You know, he's young, uh, and, and he still has an opportunity to develop. He's got a nice frame, shoot the ball. Uh, he's got a chance to develop into a player. You're working with – There's not. it's not like you're not working with anything with Studi. So, I'll, I'll, I'll roll with him. But, yeah, I mean, they – the just sheer numbers are going to get them, and the fact that they have absolutely no post presence of any kind. Well, like I said, I hope there's a plan, and maybe maybe there's a plan here, okay? And, and maybe yeah, this all resolves because, like, if you've got replacements for the, it's not like any of these guys are replaceable. But let's let's look at the scorecard for kids he's brought in, 
he's been on campus two years, and the best kid he's brought in the program is Jordan Wright? Probably. Yeah. Who I like, you know I do. I mean, he's not a star or anything like that, and and that's okay. He, he, he fits a role for this team, and I think he does it pretty well, so. Yeah, I he's like I said, Jordan Wright is an eight guy at, at Tennessee or Florida, you know, maybe not at LSU because that's an unusual situation. But okay, LSU's a good comp for them next year, okay? Because LSU's okay. got four guys who can really play, and then it drops off a cliff after that. And what did that team get? They got an eight seed. Th- that's how tough the needle is. They're going to have to try to thread now. Oh. No, I know. It's, um, I get, believe me, I get it. That's why I'm saying it's 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 not going to be easy by any stretch of the imagination. And we've won six what six conference games in three years total. Yeah, and what six the year before that? It's just. I mean, here here's the thing. It's not supposed to take that long. I, I you could drop basketball. You know for two or three years, pick it back up, start cycling, and should still be able to win more than six games in three years in conference play. I know the conference is tough. It's not that tough. What I think is really going to hurt them is they didn't land more players in this class. And and don't give me you still got a spring to come because what a spring's going to land you um is maybe a Jordan Wright if you get lucky, but most likely it's an Odisipe, right? And, and, and this is where you've just got to set yourself up ahead of time, and they just didn't. Well, they get more good news for the basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, who, who knows? Like, th- there's a lot of time between now and then. Um, but just when I started to think, okay, I, I could see them maybe making a run next year, but but it always was a delicate thing. And again, if they have replacements for these guys that are better, then, then good for them. None of this matters, and they've improved their roster. Um, but it's not like they've got guys lined up beating down their door, from best I can tell. And we'll see what the portal brings them, but... Um, you know, again, the transfer thing is going to be key because if they pass the thing and you get guys who can come in next year and play right away, then that gets a little bit easier for you. Uh, but again, that it's a double-edged sword and do a couple of studs, take that opportunity, um, you know, is basically high four or five stars now, you know, equivalent. Uh, then you got to re-recruit your own kids, maybe. So, how does that go? But anyway, yeah, you never know. All right, what else you got, Fatty? Um, we've got a mailbag question or two. Oh, okay. I think so. Let me pull those up. I apologize. I posted that late today. It's been a heck of a week. Oh, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I've got an unruly dog I'm dealing with too. So, um, where did the mailbag go? Okay, our mailbag 
is sponsored by Vanderbilt fan Josh Minton, an independent insurance agent operating out of Brentwood who can take care of all your insurance needs. Call him today, 615-933-1979. Email him at josh at hqinsurance.com. Follow him on Twitter at joshuamintonhq or at facebook.com forward slash jdmintonhq. He's my insurance agent. Give him a try. Tell him you heard about him here. Okay, welcome back, Seabass. This is from Ann Arbor Door. For both of you, what Thank Vanderbilt you. football unit are you most concerned about? What area are you most confident in besides quarterback? All right. Um, boy, uh, if, if if what had happened a couple of weeks ago hadn't happened, I would have said I was most confident in running back. You know, with with Dueling Brooks and 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 uh, and Davis, I, I felt pretty good about that. Um, I guess, man, the the one that I'm most concerned about, Chris, and I'll be interested to hear what you say. Uh, two things, really. Uh, one, linebacker. You know, I, I just we just got to find a way to get more consistent linebacker play. Um, and 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 two, though I am in love with some of our young defensive linemen, uh, I I, I got to find out where the pass rush is going to come from without Dio or Andre who's putting pressure on the quarterback here. And if you're not able to do that, well, then the rest of it, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be a struggle. So uh, I I guess that I would say either linebacker or, or pass rush. I think, I mean, I'm concerned about pretty much everything, but the Tennessee game still left scars in my memory of their defensive backfield uh, because they they could not cover. I I don't I can't think of a worse secondary they've had in the last fifteen or twenty years than what they had a year ago. And that's a hard place if you're available to get help right away, right? Especially at corner. And you can probably hide stuff at linebacker easier than you can at corner. If you don't have a couple of guys that can cover, uh, you're, you're kind of – I don't think there's anything you could do about that. So, I just remember Tennessee, I'm just thinking, as thin as they are on the defensive line, and as much as they've gotten run over, Tennessee's just going to line up and truck them. Well, they threw the ball all over the yard, um, which was, I thought, a, a pretty big indictment even further of what they had were – you know you're just going to line up and and run it at them and not risk turnovers and and wear them down and they're like no nah, forget that we're going to throw the ball and they did so I think to me it's secondary um most confident in probably receiver just because I think they've got yeah. I've I've always liked Cam Pierce has stepped up and become a competent three I would say and and, and I always have thought of Mir had potential, um, you know, I think everybody has seen that at times. So there's not a lot to pick from me. I mean, defensive line, we, we talked about it. We thought they had all these bodies and, and more depth. You know, this guy started at Florida, and this guy started his career at such and such, and all these transfers and some guys he developed, and then it just didn't really materialize outside of the two kids who will be probably playing in the NFL next year. So, I mean, I think it's receiver that I I would be probably the most bullish about compared to the rest. 
Yeah, that 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 that's that's I, I agree with that. You know, the front end and the back end of the defense, they 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 were of course I mean a good or well run defense, the whole thing works in conjunction, but I mean you think about it, look, if you've got great coverage, you know, you that helps your pass rush. And if you've got a great pass rush, it makes up for deficiencies on the back end. So uh you know, I and, and look, we have to well I mean the personnel is who it is, but I just I have to believe that that there's going to be an at least initially an upgrade, you know, in scheme and in execution. Now, is that enough, you know, to overcome a talent barrier against some teams? Probably not, not not initially. Um, but I gotta believe some of the ridiculous things that you saw that had you scratching your head last year uh, that they. They just they have to be a thing of the past. Clark Lee is too well respected. I mean, you go back and I know it's Notre Dame, but you watch that defensive unit, you can tell they're well coached and they're where they're supposed to be. Uh, I, I yeah, I just I cannot imagine some of the things that we saw last year happening. Now, if we get beat just because we get you know sometimes people are just better than you, you know, you give everything you got and it's not enough. And trust me, I live with that. I've never had a problem with it. I don't like it, but I've never had a problem with that. What I have a problem with is when it's inexplicable and there's and there's no real answer for the crap that you're watching in front of you and players completely out of position all the time and you know and getting bowled over. Uh, just that's the issues what I have, and I don't think that's going to be the case. You know, I, I think Clark Lee. I, I think Clark Lee's cut from a different cloth. I now we'll see. You got to do it before it's done, uh, but. You know, I mean, every, everything so far, and again, they haven't played a game, so, but everything initially uh, seems to be pretty positive. And, you know, all the things that you hated about the Mason era, uh, the, those, those guys, for the most part, are gone. I mean, you still have Javon and, and, and whatnot, but, I mean, you, that that's over with. You know that that's done. It's a it's got it's. I guarantee you right now. I mean, if you were if you were with these players, you're following these guys, you're gonna see a different mindset. You know, that happens, especially when you pres- presumably upgrade uh, with, a, with, a, with a brand new coaching staff. So, I mean, I, I think some of those things that you're used to seeing over the last couple of years uh, that drive you insane, Chris, I don't think you're going to be seeing them. You know what was really sad about the state of their defensive backfield was remember how we used to joke about they just seemed like they were going to take. DB after DB after DB. Maybe I made too big of a deal about it because those guys help you out on special teams too. But they signed an inordinate amount of defensive backs. And they were coached by a guy. The head coach was a DB. And they just... How many guys on this defensive backfield... I mean, really showed promise at some point. I would say... A couple. Well, I mean, I'm talking about maybe that you could be a good player, not not just be okay. I I would say Jerkins has at times. I would say that Mahoney certainly has at times, although he didn't play well last year. And and Kaufman has got potential. Other than that, man, you you've got to. I mean, George and Ann Anderson were okay at times, but uh, don't forget about Judy. Yeah, I, I don't know. I think last year stunk so much. I, it just 
everything yeah, became a blur I, at some point. Yeah, but anybody that listens to this podcast is going to be able to hear. You're just stuck in last. You're stuck in the Mason era right now. And <laughs> wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold hold the fort here. They they won one game against Power Five teams the last two years. I, I think that's I think that's some sort of indication of talent, isn't it? Yes, but we're talking. About, but his question wasn't about what they have been about for the last five or six years. It's about the concern for this this year's units. And what I'm saying to you is the the ridiculousness that we saw under some of these things. I I, I just can't anticipate it's going to still be there. There's they're going to be coached by completely different guys with completely different schemes. Uh, and there's and at, at this point there is no black cloud hanging over their head. It's a brand new start. So while everything that you just said was true, that's gone. Derek Mason is a coach at Auburn now, and almost everybody that he has in staff is gone. It's a brand new day, and that's how I'm going to look at it until they gave me reason not to. Okay, I get that. The yeah. fish rots from the head down, and, and that season, that, that was the most miserable thing that I have ever covered, hands down. And, and the misery started well before the season kicked off. Um, and, and that's not even dealing with COVID and all the stuff that the kids had to deal with. Right. I mean, right, right. just, just take COVID out of it. It's the most miserable thing I've ever dealt with. I get that in all that, um, you know, that, that, that takes a toll on everybody. But what I mean is I, I haven't seen a kid on this team. I'll look at and say, man, you give this couple years, kid, a couple years development, He's going to be a, a first or second team All SEC player. I just don't see a kid on the roster like that. I think, I think it when the whole thing goes so bad, anybody that's respectable tends to get a little bit of a halo effect around them. I think that's that's my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm just saying I didn't look across that bunch and say, oh my goodness, this kid's going to be a stud in a couple of years. Maybe Kaufman. I don't know. We didn't see him enough. I mean, I loved his high school film, but I loved. Anthony orgies too, and Alston orgies, um, Alston's particularly. So my point is, I, I, I grant everything you're saying, but name me a kid on this team that you think is going to be a stud by the time he's done in the defensive backfield. I think Gabe Judy can. Okay, fair enough. And I think Donovan Kaufman can. Kaufman, I, I, I Kaufman, I would that, grant. Yeah. You know, and I think that, and and you mentioned a minute ago. Uh, oh, good grief! Uh, didn't play well last year. Was fantastic the year before. We Mahoney, just talked about Mahoney. him. Yeah, yeah, I I, I could buy Mahoney. that too. But well, I mean, all three yeah. of those guys have very legitimate upside. Legit upside. You know, I I, I don't think they were particularly well coached, but I think that's about to be over with. Okay. You know, um, they're going to be studs. I don't know. I don't know that. Maybe. Well, I, I think we've. I think we've hit that one from all sides. Um, last one, and I know you need to go. Um, all right. Bear eight thousand says of all the changes needed in the football program, what are the top two or three for Clark Lee to work on the first? Of all the of, of all the things that need to be changed, is that what you said, Chris? Yeah. Okay. Uh, boy. Well, one of them. I mean, I don't think it was my imagination, Chris. And all I've ever heard about is how great we were with strength and conditioning, but I didn't see it. I, I saw a smaller team who got destroyed at the point of attack most of the time. 
and just got bullied and pushed around. And I'm watching these other teams come in, be it South Carolina, Kentucky, Missouri, Tennessee, Florida, it didn't matter. Uh, they, they were just bigger and they pushed us around, you know, and, and I'm tired of being pushed around. And I've really like some of the linemen in this class that just came in guys like Castillo, you know, the guys who are already got the size in there. I thought we need it. We need size in the trenches on both sides of the ball. And I love some of the guys like Demarcus Bradley and, and tank surgic and guys like that. These are the type of guys, Davion Davis. These are the type of guys that we need. Uh, if we're going to, if we're going to hang around in the trenches in the middle of the third quarter in the fourth quarter, we got to get bigger, stronger and harder to move. I just felt like we have been pushed around. I felt like we've been playing linebackers on our defensive line, uh, and we've been on roller skates, and you can't do that. To me, that is, that's probably the thing that, me, to me, the most uh, ha- has bothered me, just the way that we've been got, we physically got pushed around. Uh, so for me, that's the thing that I'm going to focus on the most. What about you? Um, that's a big thing. I've said for a long time that the nutrition part was a big part of that. My understanding based on stuff I've heard pretty recently is they've really done a good job of taking care of getting that fixed. Um, amazing what happens with the, a new chancellor and a, (laughs) and and an AD from Louisiana Tech helping out with stuff, I guess. Um, so I think, I think that's one, that's one thing that's a big thing. Um, priority scheduling, I think they're trying to get that taken care of. Uh, that's, that's absurd. Um, you can't have kids getting up at 4.30 and, um, you know, cram until midnight, um, you know, for stuff and, and killing themselves on the field in the middle of the day and, and missing practice for, for labs and whatever. It just doesn't happen anywhere else. And I think they've, uh, I don't know where that stands. My impression is they are getting that taken care of or they feel pretty good about it. Uh, I need to ask some more pointed questions there. Obviously, you've got to do something with the weight room. I mean, allegedly, everything's going to be announced. And, you know, what I was heard was March where they're going to have this building in the closed end zone and it's going to be a performance center. I think it's a lot like the one that that Malcolm drew up. Um, You know, I, I guess they put that. Um, on the shelf for a while and, and and came back and maybe didn't have any better ideas. I, I don't know. So what I'm hearing is building in the end zone. That's where all that stuff would be. I'm, I'm guessing the weight stuff would be there. So I, I think that to me it starts with just the easy wins like nutri- nutrition and, and the class scheduling stuff so where you guys aren't worn out and just the space in the weight room being inadequate. Um, you know, player lounge or something like that would probably do a lot for morale, but – those those things are a lot cheaper than you know a a gleaming new fifty thousand seat stadium so that's where i would start yeah yeah and and the other thing is and i mean i guess you know i I know that wins go a long way in, in helping this happen but you know one of the other things that i'd like to see is you know you remember when 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 we were winning games, winning seven, eight, nine games, and we just had a we had a mentality about us. You could come into our house 
And I'm talking about the fan base, not the players. Yes, the players too, but even the fan base. I mean, we didn't take that crap. You know, we had them tucking their tails and walking, not, you know, staring and, and, and staring blankly, just realizing they just got beat by Vanderbilt and it just wrecked their season. Uh, and then finding out, wait a minute, they're really good. And wait a minute, this fan base has got a little vinegar to them. I want some more vinegar, man. I, I want to be able to, you remember, you know, remember a couple of years ago and uh, because Mason did have a few nice wins. You remember when we beat Tennessee a couple of years ago, uh, was it like three years ago in Nashville? Yeah. Uh, and I'm sitting there. And uh, if I remember correctly, uh, you gave me a section a ticket. If I remember correctly, I mean, it was your brothers or something like that. And, I was with a couple of buddies and I had a bunch of friends that were all straight on the other side of the field where the visitors always sit. And, uh, and man, we put it to them. And I remember, man, I remember screaming at the top of my lungs. Cause at the end of the day, I've always told you all this. I don't care that I've been doing this. I've having a talk show for 20 years and, and doing impressed box and stuff like that. I am. Uh, Chris is a journalist. I'm a fan first who also happens to have a show. And I remember screaming, Chris, at the top of my lungs, pointing at the other side of the field, telling them to get out of my house. You know, just having a ball. That, that now wins are the things that are going to make that happen. But that type of attitude, because this is the Southeastern Conference, man. You know, ain't nobody gonna feel sorry for you. We've got to, we got to meet them eye to eye. You know, we've got, yeah, we've got, we've got things against us that are very hard to, to get over. And I get all that, but man, when it's good, we need to take advantage of that. And I want to be able to look across the stadium and tell that other fan base, whether it's Tennessee or, or Arkansas tech, I don't care who it is. I want to be able to look at them and say, get out of my house, you know, and not just sit there and say, I can't believe I drove all the way to Nashville for this crap. You know, <laughs> so that, that's what I want. I, that's what I, I've tasted it and I, and it tastes good. I want it back, Chris. I want it back. Yeah, I'm going to tie a couple things together and close this here. One right. thing that I liked and I haven't seen it yet. Uh, like I said, I've, I've going 30 different directions right now with, with just personal stuff and, and you know, the, the 14 and, uh, you know, one season wrapping up, baseball hitting full gear, and now spring practice starting. Uh, so I, I'm I'm a little spread thin right now, but um, and I haven't gotten to see it yet. But I saw and, and they tweeted this out. They were doing a live thing this morning, I think, with Barton Simmons and Earl Bennett from camp. And that, look, that's not a big thing. And if they get their tail kicked. You know, every year Clark Lee's here, nobody's going to care, right? But I'm, I'm assuming that's not in his plan. Um, you know, and, and if you win, I, I think people will come, right? Because we've seen it right. before. But that's the thing we I've been saying. Like, I thought that was a good reason to hire Barton Simmons, not just the football stuff, but because he kind of gets the media side of things. And to me, the fact that they're opening spring practice up again and they're doing stuff like that, tells me they're at least tapped in and concerned on that end. And I, I look, I didn't watch it. I don't know if it was any good or not. But to me, it's the fact that they know about it and they're making the efforts that's a positive. And I think allowing access for spring practice is going to help them too. I don't know what got into Mason the last couple of years. Um, 
where it, it became state secrets with everything, but I don't think it, it helped anything. They, they certainly didn't win anymore um, when they locked everything down. Um, maybe he knew where this was headed and just wanted to keep it a secret longer. I don't know. You never know. But, but anyway, my, my point is, okay, that's a good step. At a time we're looking for positive, that's a good step. I, I like to see them doing that. Now, what, what I do want to see them do and this is what James got, is James was anywhere and everywhere. And Clark Lee isn't James, and I'm not asking him to be that. And and he shouldn't be. And frankly, with James, that had another side to it where he got too obsessed with that stuff. Um, and I think it, it was unhealthy after a while. But here's the point. I think there's an in-between where Clark is not the most – I mean, I, I think he's very well-liked and very well-respected. I know a bunch of people who are friends with him – Nobody says a bad word about the guy. I, I know a lot of people that would run through a wall for him. Um, I, I know a lot of people that think he's going to do a really good job. T- time will tell. Time will tell. Um, and, and I hope he does. I, I would love to see this take a better turn. And I would love for Clark, based on what I have heard about him personally, you like to see good people succeed. So I'm, I'm rooting for the guy. I'm rooting for the guy big time. And I'm rooting for this for the fan base because it's it's been miserable. But I do think that's one thing I hope they will do. I don't think Clark, by nature, is James. He's not a good get out there and push the envelope with the media and things like that and, and just be anywhere and everywhere. But if you've got a couple of supporting people who will make those arrangements and get you out there um, as much as you can and let them take care of the details. Just, hey, guys, tell me when to show up and where to be there. I think that would behoove him a lot. Um and this is where it ties together. I, I just think that in addition to the challenges they've got with all the stuff we've been over, you're at a critical point with the fan base. And, and you need them in your corner and you need them engaged. So where if the season starts gets in, getting interesting, um, they're right there with you and, and ready to go. I was talking to my brother. I saw him the day that Keon Henry Brooks hit the transfer portal. And I said to him, well, I guess you saw that, that Keon Henry Brooks hit the transfer portal today. And he looked at me and said, who's that, one of the basketball players? Um, and, and this guy used to plan his Saturdays around Vanderbilt games uh, until not very long ago. And you know, never used to miss a basketball game. Season tickets was up there for, for the games. I, I guess hasn't been in a couple of years. And of course, you couldn't anyway this year. And I just thought, man, that is that is just so telling about the state of both programs right now. And, and I hope they get that fixed. Yeah, me too. And believe me, uh, if, if I see that it's the same old, same old, I'll be the first one to, to point it out and say, man, forget you guys. But, you know, as far as I'm concerned, that old regime is done. Well, my man, I've never gone into a football season uh, with a chancellor that I truly believe in like this. Hello. Oh, sorry. Yeah, I hope that's the game changer. People think it is. There are a lot of people that are swearing things are different, and and this guy gets it. I'm to the point where I need to see it to believe it, and I don't think that's unreasonable. No, and I don't think anybody thinks it is. I don't. I don't think this. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's Vanderbilt football. Of course, it's not unreasonable. But 
I mean, there's also reason for hope at the same time. So we shall see. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm, I'm excited to see these 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 spring updates. I really am. I really want to see what it, uh, the difference in in him and Mason, obviously. Well, and by the way, I'll be out there at every opportunity um, because the fans want it, and need it, and frankly, I'm going to need it for background for coverage. I, I I am looking forward to getting out there and seeing. Uh, three or four of those things just to because you want to hit the ground running with an idea of what they've got uh, for for professional sake. I mean, I, I don't care about it. A lick is just you know, like if I'm just Joe fan on the street, I'm to the point where, like I said, I'm I'm so busy with what I've got. Um, I, I'm focusing on on the seasons in front of me. But from a professional standpoint, I do want to see. And I know that Bruno and I, Bruno Reagan, and I are going to be out there every chance they let us. So that's something we're negotiating right now. And I am grateful that we'll get to do that again. Looking forward to it, brother. All right, my man, I've got to run. You've got to run. Tell folks where they can find your show and where they can follow you on Twitter, all that stuff. Hey, I appreciate that, Chris. You can find me on Twitter at Cheap Seats Pass, and you can find the show on 101.5 Monday through Friday in Jackson, Tennessee. Thanks, my man. Hey, I love you. <laughs> All right. It's mutual. Uh, <laughs> you, you always throw me for a curve. All right. He is Seabass. I'm Chris Lee, host of the Vanny Sports Podcast. Thanks for listening. Should have one more baseball podcast this week. Uh, so thanks for listening. And we'll catch you again very soon. <laughs>